Vice Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. You are listening to episode 69 of The Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was a Terminator or Predator ripoff. So, Frank, what did you end up finding uh, for this category? So, let me tell you that I talked to friend of the podcast, Ryan Wellmaker, who gave you this category for uh-huh. this year's list. Yes. And he seemed to think that this was like some kind of slam dunk, <laughs> like... I'd have a million things to choose from. Uh-huh. Unless you really bend the rules, there's there's a lot that I've seen already, which is part of the problem with the spin chagrin is like I consider transfers to be kind of a a Terminator ripoff, but uh-huh. I've already seen the Transfers movies, so I can't go back and watch them. Right. There's a lot of stuff that I would consider to be more aliens ripoffs, but not so much like there's not a whole lot of time traveling to like eliminate some future threat movie. Hmm. Okay. At least not one that I haven't like already seen, really. I mean, it would have been great if I had never watched Tenet because Tenet is like I watched that on the plane coming back and that's like the ultimate mindfuck version of, you know, the overcomplication of the Terminator like idea really in right. a lot of ways. Um and a brilliant movie too. Like I realize how much I love Tenant, despite the fact that I think it's like a bunch of bullshit pseudoscience. Like mm-hmm. I think it's a really brilliant movie in the way that it plays out and I think it has a really satisfying ending. Um have we talked about we have we talked about that on the podcast? I can't remember. Tenant? Yeah. Only maybe in passing. We have talked about that a lot off air, you and I. I mean, I would, if you've never seen Tenet and you like Nolan's movies, I would definitely say that you really need to watch it because it's, um, I think it's a pretty fantastic movie and I think it's his best written characters and most like enjoyable mix of that pseudoscience of his and, um, just outright like action and intrigue and stuff. It's a, it's a great sci-fi spy movie. Like I think more so than the Mission Impossible movies. Anyway. So, I roll my eyes at that movie, although I think there's a lot to be said for it. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like... It's a Rorschach test, I think, on how you feel about Nolan to some degree. It's always why you're shocked by how much you like it. I think it's... I I think every Nolan movie meets that criteria. I think that, like, you either are okay with, like, overlooking the ridiculousness of his movies... With the exception of Interstellar, which I think is the one that comes yes. closest to being like has any moderate kind of believable depth too. Yeah, pseudoscience with like yeah. good emotional depth and connection right. and yeah. pretty fantastic performances. I just there's something about what's his name, John David Washington or whatever, right? Isn't that the guy's name? Yeah. Something about that character that like I feel like there's a humanity to it. Even though he comes off as kind of robotic sometimes, it's like He's suppressing his own. I don't know. We're, we're, yeah. We don't need to talk about tennis for, forever. <laughs> um, but I would say that if you've never seen it, you should go watch it. Right. Um, yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, the thousands of Terminator and Predator ripoffs. And I just want to point out that I don't think that's true. There, I don't think there's thousands. So I found two movies, one of which 100% meets the criteria of this category and was abysmal. And another one which I thought might meet the criteria and doesn't at all, 
but I actually really kind of enjoyed. So we're going to talk about both of these movies. Okay. And then I'll make the determination after we've talked about them, which one I think is the chagrin movie. Okay. Although there's one that definitely caused me a whole lot of fucking chagrin. Um, so we'll talk about that one first. Um, so I can kind of like push through it really fast. So 2018's alien predator is the name of the movie. Um, <laughs> right. It's an asylum feature, so you already know kind of what you're getting going in. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars a bunch of people that nobody knows because uh, they're just all B actors. Um, so the basic premise of this movie is an alien spaceship crashes into a building in Granada, I think is where they say this is. And they say that it's like an insurgent territory on the edge of a secret, top secret U.S. military base or something like that. So anyway, so the SEALs are called in to investigate this mysterious crash. So this team of like six expert military SEALs um, goes in to investigate nobody knows what this crash is i don't even know why they're sent to investigate this but they are okay and they all get murdered by laser blasts so this guy in the secret top secret base is monitoring um this occurring and is like oh shit they're all dead they're all dead no one person's alive so there's this captain um hold on let me look up this guy's name here's another problem with these fucking asylum movies is nobody's got any goddamn pictures so i gotta try and remember who's Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. zavi israel okay is the actor's name all right he is the yeah the captain Mm. um so here's a dude that's a captain in some kind of armed forces the Navy, I guess, if the SEALs are there, but I don't think it's the Navy. Wearing, um, like, Walmart cargo shorts <laughs> with a tank top and, like, purple Nikes. Because that's what they'd be, you know, in this base on the edge of, like, some sure. insurgency. That's what these people will be wearing, of course, right? Right. Uh, the guy who's the tech guy that's, like, discovered these deaths is named Brooks. You learn pretty quickly that nobody respects Brooks because he had some kind of PTSD um, episode during a firefight where a bunch of people were killed. And so, of course, like, no one in the military understands, like, PTSD or, like, (laughs) the cost of, like, being in a combat zone. So everybody just makes fun of him for being a spaz. Sure. Um, There's Plant, uh, Alvarez, (laughs) Carter, and Falk, who are the... What's that? Is that Anvil? Yeah, Anvil. Way to plant and um these guys are all uh like the rest of like the squad that follow Adrian the captain. So Brooks is telling them that like these these seals are dead and this is like in kayfabe like the highest trained group of like fighters in whatever. They sound it. Yes. Yeah. They were wiped out in like 10 seconds. <laughs> um, and you'll find out later how even like more ridiculous that is, but we'll we'll, we'll get to that. 
So the captain goes to the colonel or whatever. I don't know how the military works, but he goes to the guy that's in charge of like whole operation. And he's like, hey, these seals are all dead. We got to go see what's up with them. And the colonel or whatever says, listen, these are some of the most highly trained um, soldiers that we have in our force. If something was able to take them out with ease, you stand no chance of living. I've already called for reinforcements. They'll be here in a couple hours. Just sit tight until the reinforcements get here, and then we'll see what we can do. Sure. And so the captain's like, nah, that's not the way it works. We got to go in and save them. And he's like, listen, I appreciate your tenacity. However, they're all dead. And the one guy who's not dead seems like he's close to death. Just chill out. I don't want you and your team to die. We'll wait for reinforcements. Mm -hmm. So he's like, okay, fine. So, of course, he goes and gathers up his team and he's like, hey. I think we just need to like disobey orders and go out into the jungle and find out what happened to our team because no man's left behind. And everybody's like, yeah, that's the right thing to do. So then that's just what they're going to do. So even though they're working for the military in this top secret base where you'd imagine that security is like of the highest priority because of some top secret base in enemy territory. Or, like, adjacent to enemy territory? I don't know. They're never really clear about anything in this fucking movie. Um, they all can just walk out with, like, a whole arsenal of weapons and go into the jungle and identify, like, try and figure out what happened. Now, mm -hmm. mind you, the opening of this movie... So the, 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 this is where the asylum is fucked up, because they just don't know how to make movies. The opening of this movie shows you an obvious spacecraft flying through space. Like, there's not even any mystery as to what you're seeing like it they show it flying through outer space to earth sure and crashing into what i swear to god looks like the elkton municipal building or something <laughs> but it's supposedly like the base of the insurgents or whatever so these people go there and 85 percent of this movie nothing is happening except for people walking and it actually also suffers from one of my biggest pet peeves in movies, which is using an old industrial complex to represent something other than an old industrial complex, What's... which in this case, they use it to represent the inside of a fucking interdimensional spaceship. Oh. Um, so they go inside the building, and it's there's pipes and radiators and fucking furnaces, and they're, like, amazed by this alien technology. Uh-huh. Um, you know, from like fucking 1974. So they're wandering. They, they 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 get into the spaceship. They don't realize it's a spaceship, even though you can clearly tell it's some kind of like alien technology. They think these fucking granaded insurgents have this technology. Like, oh, I didn't realize they were so advanced. Um. So, anyway, so they go inside and they split up, and one half of the team goes one way, and obviously the other half of the team goes the other. Mm -hmm. Everybody's still being a dick to fucking poor Brooks, who's the only one that, like, really has any sense of what's going on or, like, seems to have any clue as to how to behave in a unknown situation, but nobody listens to him. Well, it's because so, he actually has empathy, but yeah, go ahead. So half the team splits off, and the one girl, Alvarez, or no, Falk, Falk, because the character, the guy that plays Plant, doesn't know how to say Falk, <laughs> so he keeps calling her Folk or Fuck. 
but never Falk because uh-huh. it's like William Faulkner, but it's without the ner. It's just Falk, and sometimes he calls her Fox, like Guy Fox or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, so Falk Falk touches some thing on the wall and immediately disintegrates, like all her flesh melts off. And they're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> um. So. The other team is split off, and they're just, like, walking through these corridors. It really feels like... We've we've talked about this, maybe on air, but definitely off air. That both of us at different points in time for projects in school made movies, right? Like, we would go and film somewhere, and, you know, you did your fly jobs, and my friends and I would go to, like, the industrial park. What we would do is we would find, like, some area that you could pretend was something else. And we would film there, and we would do some kind of, like, ridiculous thing and whatever. And we were children, and we had no money, and that's what this movie is doing. Yeah, we're like Steven Spielberg, yeah. These people, like, set up, right, I'm I'm, I'm a fucking fableman. (laughs) So, it's like, there's, like, a fence, and they put, like, a blue tarp over the fence and shine a light behind it, because that's alien. Right. Anyway, (laughs) so ultimately what happens is they encounter one of the aliens... And they realize that their bullets don't work against it. They can't do anything to hurt it. And it ends up, like, obliterating a person in a single laser blast. Mm -hmm. These aliens are made up of a combination of, like, I don't know, like, BMX helmets with, like, different stuff glued on them and different, like, parts from, like, AutoZone or whatever. So So they're more, like, electronic aliens, kind of? Well, no, 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 like, traditional grays or, like... Well, no, it it turns out that it's an outfit that they're wearing, but we'll we'll get there. Um, so the aliens kill a couple more of the soldiers, and the soldiers are all freaking out. And they can't figure out how to leave because they're trapped, and this also is ridiculous later, so just wait for this. Um, so they finally get back together, and it's Alvarez plant the captain and brooks are the only people left brooks has figured out that you can injure the aliens if you get in through the seams of their armor because he blinded one with a flash grenade and then got lucky and ended up killing it so they're standing around the alien and the alien's holding its gun and brooks points out that the last time somebody picked up the alien technology being falk they disintegrated like this is not something that humans can handle so plant is like nah fuck that we need to take this gun so we can be on even footing with these aliens and brooks is like listen like that's not the right idea one of our teammates died because of this there's nothing that says that we can be any more successful and the captain's like yeah brooks is right and plant's like yo you're gonna listen to this spaz over me you're gonna listen to this this fucking weirdo and alvarez is like yeah fuck this weirdo we need to get these guns and the captain's like no there's four of us alive right now we need to stay together and stay alive so that we can hopefully get out of here and alvarez is like we can't ever do anything unless we take risks i don't want to die in here so then alvarez picks up the gun and, and tries to and then he's like okay put the gun down and she's like no i'm just gonna shoot one shot to prove you wrong and when she pulls the trigger, the gun, like, turns blue and she melts. Which is actually probably the most impressive visual effect in the whole movie because it's, like, her skinless corpse, like, collapses to the ground and it actually looks pretty good. 
So then Plant like blames that on Brooks. And it's like, yo, Plant, like you're an asshole. <laughs> so anyway, so then they start to move on a little bit. Um, Brooks gets separated from them, but I don't remember why. And ends up finding like this oh, so one of the things that happens is when the alien when they get to the alien's corpse or they take the gun, they also take off his helmet. And it's like basically this like dime store Halloween mask underneath, but it's kind of like an insectoid. Um, imagine the predator, but instead of being based on like, like kind of like an octo- octopus sort okay. of thing, it's based more on like a puffer fish because they have these big heads with like spikes on them. Okay. Um, but they also have compound eyes, which Brooks knows mm. because Brooks is like, anytime somebody needs to know something, like Brooks is a guy that just knows things because. Right. He was initially able to use a laptop, whereas no one else could understand the laptop. Because <laughs> he's their tech guy. Um, so he finds one of these aliens and they're unmasked. And um, it comes up to him and he takes out his cell phone and puts on the uh, flashlight and it blinds it. And he's able to get away. And this is where he realizes that light, they're like really adverse to light because they have compound eyes. Um... <laughs> So, uh, let me think what happens. So, Brooks catches back up with the captain and plant. And Brooks is like, listen, I realize what we have to do is we have to use flash flash grenades to blind them to the point where we can get close to them and then get inside their armor because that's the only way we can get to them because our bullets don't work. And plant's like, nah, fuck that. We need real grenades. And we just need to shoot these motherfuckers. And Brooks is like, obviously, this approach does not work because they're impervious to our bullets, but this is what will kill them because I'm the only one that's killed one. And Plant's like, nah, we can't listen to this spaz. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, So, of course, then Plant gets shot and dies, which is like probably the best part of the movie. Yeah. Um, So the captain and Brooks are fighting like the other masked predator alien, alien predator or whatever. That's coming after him. Um, and it ends up killing the captain while Brooks like escapes. So Brooks ends up in this. Oh, so Brooks is running away and gets to the part where they killed the original alien. Now, one of the things is they can't figure out how to open any doors or do anything because the ship is sealed. So then Brooks is like, huh? So there's like this scanner on the wall. So he grabs the alien's dead hand and puts it against the scanner. And a door opens, which they could have done like 45 minutes before this. And I'm explaining all this stuff to you. All this stuff takes a really long time to happen. Mm. And this movie's only like 77 minutes long. <laughs> so then the alien predator comes after Brooks. And Brooks is throwing flash grenades at it, which is like confusing it and making it angry. So at one point, Brooks jumps up and puts the thing in a, I swear to God, like a headlock, like a side headlock. And he's like, yo, dog, I guess you don't breathe. And then the thing hip tosses him. And so I'm not even sure what happens here because it's not really clear. I actually watched this part three times and I just gave up on really understanding. I think what happens is he has some kind of like metal rod that's attached to some electric or something. Mm -hmm. And he stabs into the armor and then electrifies the guy, which ends up killing 
the alien. Okay. And then the engineer shows back up and he's like, I couldn't fight you if I wanted to. Could I even win? I couldn't even win. I don't even have the energy to fight. Even though he just beat the shit out of this fully armored, like, super predator, alien predator, whatever. So the other alien without the mask touches his arm and you get a flashback to the beginning of the movie with the spaceship crashing and he's like, you guys crash landed. I knew it. This wasn't an invasion. This was just an accident. <laughs> um, oh, because they talk about the whole time that it's aliens invading them. Mm. Um, so he says, well, we're either going to fight to the death or have a truce. And I don't have the energy to fight to the death. So I hope it's a truce. So the engineer alien like opens up a wall in the cave that they're in so Brooks can leave. So Brooks goes outside just as the helicopter, which is the reinforcements they're supposed to wait for anyway, is approaching. Mm -hmm. And Brooks is like, I'm here, I'm here. And then all of a sudden, even though they weren't able to repair it for the entirety of this movie, the spaceship just is repaired and it zooms off into space. And that's the end of the movie. So ultimately, if they wouldn't have been assholes and would have just waited for the reinforcements. Right. right. Not a single other person would have died and the aliens would have left. And they didn't end up even saving any of the fucking seals that went in in the first place. So it was an abject failure. So well, at least plant died. Oh yeah. Well, plant deserved it. So not only is this movie like just really poorly made, but it's also entirely unsatisfying because nothing happened. And, and, and ultimately it's like nothing occurred in the movie. Except right. a bunch of idiots are dead. So, so that's Alien Predator. Yeah, that's been uh, advertised to me many times on Tubi. Yeah, free on Tubi. Avoid it. Yeah. So the second movie I watched is a movie that's been advertised to me as well many times, and I have avoided it because it has one of the worst titles. Actually, it has an amazing title, but... The title made me think it was some kind of like edgelord, like 90s anime or something. Mm. So this movie is 1995's Project Metal Beast. Okay. So I picked this movie because I was reading descriptions. I was looking at sci-fi horror and sci-fi action uh -huh. to try and find movies that fit this role. And the description of this movie on Tubi generally says something along the lines of um, these scientists are trying to use a advanced um metal flesh to create invincible fighters so i was thinking like okay maybe this will be like the t-1000 you know with like the because it's 95 so it's after um terminator 2 right and i'm thinking maybe it'll be like some kind of like t-1000 thing with like these soldiers having like liquid metal flesh or some terrible fucking um equivalent in the 1995's b-movie universe uh -huh. So the premise of this movie, and I, so I knew nothing else about it before going in except for reading that exact description. Um, the premise of this movie is that there's this special ops soldier um, who works for a secret project led by this shady, like, X-Files-esque colonel. And he goes to this castle in, like, Belgrade or something that's guarded by a werewolf and basically sacrifices this cameraman he brings to prove the evidence of this werewolf to get killed by the werewolf. And then he shoots the werewolf with silver bullets and brings his corpse back with him. 
so the colonel is like because that's the whole point was like to get this werewolf because the government knows that werewolves exist and they want to use like werewolf like biotech to create like super soldiers so the colonel the, the guy comes back and he has like the werewolf body and the colonel's like what do you intend to do and he says i'm going to inject the blood into myself and the colonel's like no you've gone too far like that's 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 crazy you know just let the scientists do their job and he's like no we don't have time to wait for the scientists and the colonel's like no like i'm seriously i'm pulling the plug on this project you're a lunatic so the guy injects himself with the blood anyway and turns into a werewolf of course and ends up like murdering a couple turns scientists. himself into a werewolf yeah 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 because he injects himself with the blood this is yeah. a soldier yeah. so the colonel's like no i have to stop this so he shoots the guy with silver bullets and puts him down and he says to the people that come in he's like put him in cryotech so we can freeze his body for future research but don't take the bullets out of him it's important you leave the bullets in so then you think that like this colonel is kind of like this sort of like good guy and i was waiting for him to get like killed or whatever so this is barry boswick right yeah yeah this is barry boswick so mm-hmm. it actually is an all-star cast so um, barry boswick kane hunter kim delaney um Kane Hodder plays the titular metal beast. <laughs> which means that he doesn't do anything. Um except be big. Right. So cut to this secret lab that's working for the government on developing this synth- biosynthetic skin that can be grafted onto someone's body to replace like missing skin. That's composed of woven, woven like metal fibers that imitate flesh. Super tough, super durable, but they can't get it to stabilize. So the colonel comes and he's like, hey, or no, there's a guy there, general there, who's in charge of like the base where they're working because it's a military project. Mm-hmm. And the general's like, hey, we've got this new consultant that's here to run our project, and it's the colonel. And the colonel's like, yeah. I'm in charge now. You're going to escalate this project to test on humans. And I have this corpse you're going to use. So this guy that was like all opposed to like escalating the project and going too fast is now all of a sudden like pushing to go too fast and escalate the project. So it makes no sense. Uh-huh. It's this Barry Boswick's character. So he forces them to take the, the corpse of the guy that was the werewolf, who now just looks like a man again, like after he was shot with the silver bullets and test the skin grafting technology on him so everyone's opposed to it because it's kind of like unethical to test on a human being even if it is a corpse blah 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 and so when they when they hook him up and they're gonna like do the testing the colonel's basically like you know well if you don't want to do it i'll just take all your research and get someone else to do it and they'll get all the credit so of course it's like all these fucking vain scientists instead of doing the right thing like they can't give up their research so right of course they're like yeah we're like we're we're on board now um so anyway so they test the thing on him and he comes back to life and they're like oh my god like this shouldn't happen um and the colonel's like well it could happen right and the scientist is like no it really couldn't he's like yeah but maybe it just did so let's just keep going and see what happens so it turns out that the werewolf man is still kind of sentient and can feel things, and he's in a lot of pain because they've grafted this metal skin to his body. 
like all over his body. Mm-hmm. Um, so the scientist woman who's like in charge of the project, she decides that she's going to use um, the lesbian infatuation of this woman she works with to like get into the colonel's secret files and see like what's really going on with this guy because they all think there's something um screwy going on that the colonel like actually knew who this guy was and there's a reason that they're using this man's corpse to do the tests on which of course they're right because mm-hmm. we're watching the movie and we know right. um so she breaks into his um office and finds out the information about this guy um, that he was a soldier or whatever, a SEAL or a Marine or something that was killed and that he served under this man. So then they take the silver bullets out of him and he comes back to life like right away because of the regenerative powers of the werewolf. Okay. And turns into a werewolf and gets free and starts murdering people. So this colonel is still... The, so she breaks back into the colonel's office to try and get more information. And the colonel has replaced his files with, like, basically a note that says, ha-ha, good try, <laughs> but I took all the notes. That's a good trick. I like it. It is a good trick. Um, And he has the pictures of, like, the dead werewolf. <sighs> so. I need to replace every everything I have in, like, my house. I just need to replace with, like, a, with notes like that. Go look for anything. Guess what? So, anyway. So. The werewolf has, of course, killed a few people, and they realize that they can't hurt him with conventional weapons because he's got these metal plates on his body, mm-hmm. and he's also a werewolf. <laughs> um, so this guy that's infatuated with the lead scientist lady, he takes a bunch of silver dollars that they have and melts them down into um missile heads for like these rockets they have for this little like rpg unit um so the goal what the plan is to take this like portable missile launcher and shoot it with these silver tipped rockets at the werewolf and kill him okay um doesn't sound like a very good plan okay well it ends up working in the end because they shoot him they shoot him once and it misses but somehow the explosion like knocks him out because it causes a bunch of like ceiling tiles to fall down and then knocks knocks them out. But then he comes back to life and he's like, ah, um, and he ends up killing the Colonel in the interim. And the Colonel's like, no, why are you killing me? Even though the Colonel's the guy that shot him in the first place and killed right. him. Right. So it makes a hundred percent sense that the Colonel's like, sure. they're going to die. It's like the one person who should die here. Right? Yeah. Um, so in the end, they end up shooting, um, a rocket right into his guts and they blow him up. Um, and it's the scientist, the pseudo lesbian, and the army guy that's in love with the scientist. They all are like limping away at the end of the movie. Are they and they show each other like, up? Like, yeah, of course. Arms around each other limping? Uh-huh. No. Yeah, they have to. Yeah. Um, so as they're walking away, the camera zooms in on a piece of the werewolf that's on the ground. And it starts to like vibrate and jump around because, of course, like it's still alive. So fucking a. Is there a Metal Beast too? Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, don't think. Wanna, so. Don't want to know. Um, I don't think it really matters because Metal Beast One was enough. 
Right. Uh, let's see if there's a sequel. Project Metal Beast. Let's see what had its first DVD release there's in 2020. Jesus. Yeah. Mostly negative reviews due to a poor VHS <laughs> transfer. <laughs> so let me say this about this movie. Uh huh. It's not a good movie, but there's so much effort put in to make it a good movie that it actually is pretty watchable. Um, Barry Boswick is hilarious in it. Uh, like, he's just, he goes from being this <laughs> moderately sympathetic character to just being like the biggest, like, scenery chewing like megalomaniacal villain for no reason for like this werewolf um like there's one scene where the general uh is with another soldier and they're trying to figure out how to like get everybody away from like the the metal beast and save as many people as they can and barry boswick just shoots the general in the legs and he's like wait for me here I'll be back for you. <laughs> and then just like leaves him. Like after he shoots him in the shins, <laughs> like with like he's just, he murders people and he has no care. And he's all just about the idea of creating this race of super metal beast soldiers to, so it's a ridiculous movie, but it's a lot of fun to watch. And it's got some really like funny moments to it. And the werewolf costume is actually really good. And I honestly, I, I wonder if, um, what's his name? Uh, Neil, the dog soldiers guy. Um, oh, I can't right. Remember his last name. Not anyway, Marshall. that guy. Right. Little yeah, B- it is Neil Mar. Is it? Isn't it? No. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That, that dude. Um, if he didn't see this movie and get direct inspiration from it, because it's very similar. Oh, Marshall. Yeah. Yeah, especially with, like, the werewolf and everything. Um, to the plot of Dog Soldiers. And I think he ripped off this movie with Dog Soldiers. Hmm. Um, the werewolf looks really good. You know, it's got some pretty, like, decent, tense action sequences. The problem is it's just way too much talking to get to that point. Like, they barely do anything with the werewolf until, aside from, like, the first five minutes um, where they introduce the idea of a werewolf, it really isn't until like the last 20 minutes where there's any real action in this movie. Um, but it's not, it's not poorly written. And like I said, like it's, it's entertaining enough and I genuinely had a good time watching it. So if you've got like an hour and a half to kill and you want to see really, if, if I would have seen this movie before we did the werewolf episode, it probably would have made it on the werewolf episode huh? just because I yeah. think it was that much fun to watch. Yeah. I, I I'm pretty ad- there's a difference, and you tell me if if I'm wrong. There's a big difference between 80s and 90s. I've realized, like, kind of like B cheesy movies versus these same movies being made in 2000, whatever, 17, 18 by like these fucking studios. Like, in terms of a fun factor, the 80s and 90s can usually be fun, where the ones that are made more recently are going to tend not to be very fun, probably. Yeah. I mean, they're just bad. Usually, it's one of those things where, like, I guess it's that second generation of like new filmmakers, after like the Lucas, Milius, Spielberg, you know, whatever generation of new filmmakers, 
like this is that second generation that's coming out of film schools and um kind of trying to find their way through the quote-unquote like indie scene of filmmaking and i i hate calling movies like this indie especially from around this time like i like to think of them as b movies mm-hmm. and i actually consider that more of like a compliment than than calling them indie films or whatever but it's definitely people that have a lot of passion and are trying to find a way to work with like a little bit of money and it really looks good like it's a very mm-hmm. for being a b movie it's very polished it's like a higher end than the full moon or anything like that and you watch some trash like this asylum movie you know from five years ago that's just absolute garbage and it's like how could they do this in 1999 with probably less money in general and definitely not the backing of a studio like asylum that you know can afford to whatever like make real movies so i don't know um but i would recommend if you are in for like watching a movie you know and just being entertained for like an hour and a half like project metal beast is is pretty decent yeah it sounds like something that'd be worth watching i think you would enjoy it i think you would laugh at it in the right places right because it's competent enough where you wouldn't be like annoyed at the incompetence and it's funny enough where i think that you know it's tongue-in-cheek where you can enjoy like that aspect of it so 90s 90s hair was wild there's a lot of little craziness going on there i was just trying to remember what kim delaney looked like back then I remember now, but she's got like Elaine Bennis hair. Um, and she definitely does. A little more attractive than Elaine Bennis hair, though. Kim Delaney's one of those women. Object Now that you're married, objectify this woman with me. Um, like, I I think she might be actually, to me, aged, like, more attractive here. Can you see your screen? Oh, hold um, on. I gotta, I gotta clear off the thing. Like, I actually think, like, in her, like, late 40s here, or 50s or whatever, like, I still think she's really attractive. Like, oh, yeah, she's beautiful there. Yeah. Um, and still looks like a real person. Right, right. Not like some... Good. Right. <laughs> like, synth- synthetic, like... Right. Like, what's that woman's name with the ice grilling, ice grilling me with her fake lips? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Ah, uh, what is her name? The one that was on Veronica Mars that played the... Oh, uh, Lisa Rinna. Yeah, Lisa Rinna. Yeah. Yeah, with yeah. her fake-looking fake face. Yeah, and Harry Hamlin's got... That's, that is unfair, man. Harry Hamlin's got a ton of fucking work done, too, and he still looks all right. Like, he doesn't look like all, like, fucking fake and plastic and shit. He's a, he's a demigod, man. Perseus can't. <laughs> um... I'm proud of myself for remembering Neil Marshall, even though I thought I was wrong. <clears throat> so, is Alien Predator, I guess, have to be your official chagrin? Yeah, and that shit's like a fucking eight. <laughs> it's really bad, <laughs> and it's not even enjoyable in the sense of like, um, like there's some funny elements to it, but it really was a slog to get through. Yeah. I never I never enjoyed myself watching Alien Predator. I was more annoyed than anything else, even though I laughed a few times. Yeah. But it's an eight. 
Project Metal Beast would be like a like a four maybe or a five. I don't know. Like there's definitely some elements in it that aren't the best, but it's generally watchable and enjoyable. All right. Um cool. All right. You want to spin this wheel then and do a little food chat? Oh yeah, sure. I didn't know that was coming, but now I'm excited. <laughs> this whole podcast is just about food now. Nope, that's not gonna work. I'll fuck that all up. Gotta get that sound. The category for next week is Ninja's Attack 7 Ruthless Aggression. Ninja's Attack 7, Ruthless Aggression. You need to find someone with a WWE Ruthless Aggression era star. Is this a specific thing that's trying to push me into nope. watching one movie? Nope. Oh, God, swear, swear. Like, it's is just... There, is there I don't know. I don't know. I mean, look, it can be anybody that was during the Ruthless Aggression era, which I think includes probably everybody that is current and everybody that was, like, probably at some point during the 90s heyday like coming in at some point so i watched the condemned again in thailand i forgot to tell you that you like that movie that was like a surprise of the um early chagrins right yeah i watched it in thai Mm. um how many movies did you watch over there just strictly in thai Uh, a lot yeah at least like one or two a day Hmm. would these just be on television where you would say almost the time like and yeah there's um, no translation to it there is a uh local channel called mono m-o-n-o channel Mm -hmm. 29 that shows two movies or two or three movies a day it also shows like the news and stuff, but you tend to get like movies later in the day for it. Um, so we watched uh, Greenland, which we'll talk about at some point. Um, the Fast and the Furious movies seem to be on every day, so we watched several of them. Um, all in Thai, mind you. Uh, a couple Mission Impossible movies. Um, a couple Transformers movies. I don't know, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. All right, so just coming back from Thailand, um, what new new food experiences did you have? First of all, that um, well, I ate uh, silkworms. That was weird. Okay. Um, what's that like? Uh, corn puffs. I would I would say is probably the closest comparison. Okay. Like imagine eating like you know that cereal like corn puffs, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what a silkworm is like. Um, you get, like, how are they presented? Eh, fried on a plate with like some herbs and you get like a dipping sauce are they like worms though like are they like stretched out or are they rolled up like a corn like what what's eh, they're, it's it's their larva so they kind of look like a corn pop okay it's like these brown ovals with like unfortunately like legs and segments and stuff Ew. but okay you just stab them with a little fork and eat them and you know they're fine <laughs> okay not a whole not not a huge amount of taste but they're they're decent are they served as like an app or a meal or you can get them on a tiny little plate? I don't okay. know. 
It's like a snack, kind of like you okay. eat popcorn or whatever. Gotcha. Um, I ate a lot of uh, uh, offal over there. So like liver, gizzards, um, embryos, uh, guts, legs or feet. Um, you know everything basically. Uh-huh. Uh, that was mostly fine. Um, actually, the chicken livers over there are fucking amazing. That was one of my like five favorite things I ate was grilled chicken livers from street vendors. Mm-hmm. Those things were delicious. Um, uh, new stuff. I finally got to eat fresh durian. Um, when I was over there before, we had durian, but it wasn't in season. So what I was eating was like some kind of hothouse grown durian. Hmm. And it was mixed with sticky rice, so it kind of cut the taste and smell. Um, but I actually got to eat real durian. Do you know what durian is? We talked about this. This is the thing that smells, and they won't allow inside buildings, right? Yeah, it's, it's against the law to eat yeah. it inside. Because of the smell. Um, it's basically like the size of a coconut, but with spikes all around it. <laughs> so imagine like um, Hellraiser, kind of. Like a Hellraiser coconut. And then when you cut it open, it's got this like soft... Um, pulpy fruit inside, like it's almost like all pulp. But when you eat, eat it, it's like eating um, egg custard, kind of. It's got that consistency, right? Like a really creamy, soft, and sweet consistency to it when you eat it. Fucking delicious. Um, super high in sugar and really bad for you in terms of like calories, so you can't eat a lot of it. But it's it tastes really good. Hmm. Um. I had century eggs when I was over there, which is only like the second time I've ever eaten them, um, where they dip the egg in uh, lye until it like basically gel- gelatinizes inside. So when you eat it, it, it turns black. So you're eating like um, almost like a black gummy egg, kind of. Um, that's really good. That's good with like uh, pork. Um, weird stuff. So. Here's something they do over there that oh, I Oh, you're going to weird stuff. Okay. All right. Oh, no, I'm just talking about, like, new things. Okay. But anything I tried that was new was kind of probably weird. Like okay. Um, They like ice in their beer, but in the north part of Thailand, instead of serving you ice cubes, they take a mug, and they pour about an inch of drinking water into the bottom of the mug, and then they freeze that, and then you pour your beer on top of the frozen water on the bottom. Okay. So instead of having like floating ice, the ice is in the bottom. So the ice cools the mug and cools your drink. And as you drink your beer, the ice like melts gradually, um, but stays at the bottom of the beer. Like it doesn't like float up until the very end when it gets like small. Huh. So it's actually like a really good way to keep your beer cold um, in, you know, 96 degree heat. Yeah, interesting. Um, I drank a lot of us uh, uh, Singa beer. Which is basically like the national beer. Is that the shot um, glass that you brought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. shot glass I uh-huh. gave you was from Singa. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I like San Miguel a lot. San Miguel Light. I don't know where that's from. I think it's, it, but it's popular in Asia. But they serve it to you with a lime, and it tastes exactly like Corona when you drink it. Mm. Except uh, San Miguel is like a dollar fifty for a bottle, whereas Corona is a lot more expensive than that now. Um, hmm. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I just had a bunch of really good food. Like, I... All right, so what were your best meals then? Like, what are the ones that, like, you think will stand out to you from this trip? That... Uh, I I love some Sumtum. So Sumtum is a papaya salad. They take papaya and they shred it so it becomes, like, almost like lettuce. Mm-hmm. And you have um, papaya, uh, tomato... Um, I like it with um, salted hard hard boiled egg, so like the salt cured hard boiled eggs that they make, where the yolk turns red and it's just like really like salty and flavorful. And sweet corn, like they um, boil like corn on the cob and then cut it and put it in there. Um, and sometimes uh, dressing is uh, fish sauce, lime, um, sugar. And ground chilies, so it's like a sweet, tart, and like hot, like dressing on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty delicious. I love that. Um, I love uh, larb moo, uh, which is like pork larb, and larb is where they take the pork, and then they mince it like almost like a ground pork, and um, saute it in a pan, mm-hmm. and then they serve it to you with pieces of pork liver in it like slices of pork liver okay. and then you eat it with um basil mint uh fenugreek um cabbage fucking amazing super delicious yeah i don't think i'm i i mean i'm i have the worst palate in the world probably or unrefined but I, i'm not down with all this liver stuff like most people don't like liver i understand um you don't have to get liver in it i just i prefer it with the liver gotcha um maybe my favorite one of my favorite meals of all time but definitely um one of my favorite meals when i was over there is a northern dish called hung lei uh hung lei is braised pork rib served in a uh brown curry sauce mm-hmm. um that shit's fucking amazing you eat it usually either with uh rice noodles or rice um but you can also just kind of eat it as like a stew and it's it's so good mm. <laughs> Hard to explain, but it's like it's got like some nice heat to it, but it's not like super hot like a lot of their chili based dishes. Um but really flavorful. Uh the pork is almost impossibly tender, like it's all fork tender inside. Um I like the curries. Um I'm a pretty big fan of what they call Penang curry, which is a uh yellow curry so it's made with like um i guess they use pineapple in it Mm. um then there's their red curry uh that they make with coconut milk and that's pretty delicious too um i had the best mashed potatoes what was it sorry mashed potatoes oh okay some like outside of like homemade from people i know Uh uh-huh um, like my mom's mashed potatoes, I would say are better than some other ones I've had from, but like in terms of like store bought, uh-huh. especially from a place you wouldn't expect to have good mashed potatoes, like, right. and not really much to them, you know, just butter, a little bit of cheese, um, whipped potatoes, but they toast the top of the mashed potatoes. So it gets a little bit of a crust on it. Hmm. So when you, when you put your spoon into it, you're getting like the crunch on the top, like eating with the softness and like right. buttery goodness of the potatoes underneath. Yeah. The other thing too, this is street food, but it was amazing. 
they do a baked potato where they bake the potato and then they split it. Then they take the insides and whip it Mm -hmm. together with like butter and cheese. And then they put it back in the potato and put sweet corn, Hmm. shredded cheese and bacon on top. And so you eat, you eat it with like a spoon, like inside the shell of the baked potato. Right. That shit's fucking delicious. Yeah. It sounds really good. Uh, Crocodile. That was really good. I thought. I had crocodile once. Did you, crocodile did you have it like, last time? No, I, I I've had alligator before. Yeah, in this okay, country, okay, but um, this Maybe is the first time I've ever had crocodile. Okay, so what's what's the crocodile like? like uh, it's sort of like chicken? pork. No, no, no. It's more more like pork. Um, a little milder and a little sweeter. Um, but a little tougher as well. Hmm. Um, it's not something that I would eat like all the time, but I thought it was pretty tasty. Yeah. And they serve everything with like sauces and dips and stuff like that. So that was they got a lot of places for crocodiles over there. Yeah, rivers, I guess, and stuff. They have a lot of rivers. There's a lot of just like random animals all over the place. I'll tell you the one thing that eating bugs has done is it makes you like not afraid of bugs ever. Like once you realize you can just pick that fucker up and eat it, like bugs don't really bother me anymore at all. Like, I'm now the master of all of my food. <laughs> <laughs> Including, with all the fucking entrails of animals you're eating, that includes humans now, too, right? Maybe. <laughs> I'm just half excited. It sounds like a Craven movie, like, you know? Um, spiky, spiky coconuts and... We were eating one gizzards. time. We were eating one time, and, like, they mark out, so, like, the, the Thai people that I was around mark out so much because, like, I'm good with like eating anything and I can eat really hot foods and oh, I see like, like, you know, that you're like, you're a Thai person kind of, mm-hmm. um, especially cause the way that they eat sticky rice. So a lot of food is served family style there where, um, you share like everything with the people you're with. And when you eat sticky rice, there's a huge bowl of sticky rice in the middle and you take like a handful of sticky rice and put it on your plate. And then what you do is you grab it um, with, you almost make like a claw with like your middle finger behind your ring finger and forefinger, and you scoop the rice up and then you use your thumb to like roll it and flatten it out. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of like mold like a patch of sticky rice over your three fingers, and then you dip that in whatever you're eating and use your thumb to bring it to your mouth. And so it all gets stuck in the sticky rice and you like dab it in whatever sauce so it gets absorbed. Um, So I'm pretty good at doing that. And like, I guess a lot of like, I mean, you know, we're not really taught to eat with our hands. So most people are uncomfortable. So when you can like do that and eat with them and eat with your hands, like it's a, um, I don't know if impressive is the right word because who's impressed by like somebody being able to eat food, but um, I think it makes them happy, you know, just in general that like you're like a cultural standpoint that you're trying. Yeah, to you're not demanding right um, silverware, being grossed out by the idea of like sharing food with the people you're with because you're, you know, you're eating food with people that are close to you. Like we were eating with Tanya's parents and um, one of her aunts, and so you know this is like my family, so I should be able to eat right, with them. right, right. And um, where I'd be that asshole like that want a spoon. So here's the other thing, too. This is something that I've actually adopted since being there. They eat 
with a spoon all the time. And they eat with their spoon in their right hand and a fork in their left hand. And you basically use the fork as a guide to move things onto your spoon and then clean up any overhang. And then you bring the spoon up and bring your mouth to it. And you never drop any food ever. Yeah, I remember you. I think you told me that last time. And I do feel like I've seen Southerners do that some some here and some places. Like, But um, it's, it's probably a pretty good move. I mean, it's super efficient. Right. You can eat. You can eat at a good pace without like stuffing your fat fucking face like overly fast, right? Um, and you don't really spill anything or waste anything, so it's um, it's pretty good. It's my it's it's my new move. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like being like being able to walk down on the street and buy a whole barbecued like spatchcocked chicken for a dollar fifty, you know? And like perfectly cooked and delicious and just just walk around and eat it. You know, it's so fucking good. Like and delicious and cheap and it's really healthy for you, like all their food for the most part. Um and they deep fry stuff and like they obviously have stuff that's not like super healthy but for the most part you're eating like an animal that was alive today you're eating a plant that was in the ground like within the past like 12 hours you know so it's pretty awesome they they believe in a lot of alternative medicines and stuff so i don't know how i feel about that um so you're getting a lot of like herb teas and stuff and they're telling you like these are the benefits of it but maybe they're right i don't know who knows um makes you feel better I mean, you did acupuncture and thought it helped, right? Yeah, yeah, I think acupuncture is really useful. Yeah, I mean, there's no real strong scientific evidence behind that shit. I mean, I was getting massages like every day, pretty much. Um, and I think I texted you once, like you, we should be able to go anywhere in this country and get a seven dollar, um, sixty minute massage because that shit is amazing. Yeah, um, that's that's a confidence level that I don't have. I, I I didn't respond to you on that, like, um, because like to me it's like it should cost more f- because like they should be paid well for touching my gross fucking body. Um, I mean that's it's pretty well paid over there. How much is seven dollars again? Uh, you're paying like two to three hundred baht for a sixty minute massage. Like, what is that there? You get uh two to three hundred uh, like seven or eight bucks some places charge like eight or nine dollars for an hour yeah i guess that's I, I still don't understand like what that gets you like technically and stuff like that but... well they can live on you can live on about you could live comfortably on about fifteen thousand baht a month 16,000 baht, which is like 600 bucks. So you figure that if your job is to do massages and you do 10 massages a day, even if you only get half from the place you live, that still is like 1,500 baht. So that's a tenth of the money you need to live. So someone who's like a good masseuse over there Uh who works in a popular shop can probably make like 60,000 baht a month pretty easily, which means that they live like in relative comfort 
Gotcha. Uh, so the other thing, thing too was... is that medicine doesn't cost anything over there, and like, like you can, yeah, like okay. you can buy a car for like nothing almost. Like people can live in relative relative comfort for like a much smaller amount of money, and then you know we would live and that's the equivalent the equivalent comfort over here would cost you like so much more basically gotcha. yeah so i gotcha yeah we talked about like houses and stuff like that and what you can get for a certain amount of money and stuff yeah we're looking at buying um she owns some property and we're looking at maybe buying some more um to do some farming on and then building a house on it, and we 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 could build we could build a pretty decent house on some property for about twelve or thirteen thousand like u s dollars would be like a a small but comfortable house on the property <laughs> so. um so these grocery stores that I yeah. saw pictures of like and where you found the black pink Oreos. Oh yeah, yeah. That's supposedly you can sell for a lot of money. Yeah. Um, what um, what kind of shit you get there? That's that's weird or interesting or good, surprisingly good. Um, anything. Well, booze is sold everywhere, hmm. basically. Um, so you can get a lot of like really interesting like beers and stuff. They have a Belgian wheat beer that's got like raspberry in it. Uh-huh. Um. Well, there's Hogarten, which we have over here, but there's another one. I can't remember the name of it. Um, so that's just there. But you can only buy alcohol between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. and then 5 p.m. and 11 p.m. That's the only time they can sell alcohol. The other times are dark. Um, they have a lot of, like, corn-based uh desserts and snacks and stuff mm-hmm. um had this shit called corn stick which is like imagine a giant cocoa puff mm. like in a tube basically like a tube of cocoa puff that you take out of a wrapper and eat and it's got like a mild like filling um yeah. they have a lot of stuff that's like cheese based desserts so like like, you know, there's, like, chocolate vanilla wafers you get that have, like, it's, like, a light wafer, and then it's got, like, a cream filling on it. Yeah. Um, they have that, but in the filling is cheese, and it's a dessert. Um, like, they have wafer like, and cheese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a wafer and then a layer of, like, cheese, like, mild cheese. Okay. Um, they sell a lot of vitamin water, but their vitamin water is different than ours because it doesn't have, like, sugar and a bunch of shit in it it's like here's some water with like a tiny bit of flavoring and then 200 percent of your daily vitamin c and that's it Hmm. um that's actually really good like i i miss the vitamin waters a lot because they really do make you feel refreshed after you drink them you also can buy like a two liter of water for i don't know uh 30 cents you know Hmm. um yeah that's crazy when you told me that they have local food in stores like 7-eleven and stuff so you go into a 7-eleven and you can buy 
a meal that was made that day by like someone local and then 7-Eleven heats it up for you and then you take it and you can like eat it. Mm-hmm. And those are pretty cheap too. They have a sandwich called Eto, E-A-T-O or E-A-T-T-O. I can't remember how it is. Okay. Um, And those end up being like a dollar per sandwich. Um, And they're like ham and cheese. Um, The one I got was tuna roe and crab stick with mayonnaise and Velveeta on a sandwich. All right. Um, That was pretty good. What is the Ito thing? Like, what is that? That's just the brand. I don't know. Oh, okay. It's a brand. Okay. Like, Ito the sandwich, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, pretty much like. Okay. Where 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 you'll walk into Seven Eleven and there will be a whole wall of like beef jerky. They have the same thing, but it's like dried squid and seafood and seaweed snacks. Uh-huh. I really didn't see any beef jerky when I was over there. Um, yeah, I don't know. The grocery stores are crazy. Like the amount of fresh product in there is impressive and the amount of like pre-cooked product that's like actually made on site by people who are just there to cook it that's there's also a lot of that Hmm. um a lot of fruit really like a lot of really fresh fruit and that's the thing is like everything is fresh like that day pretty much it's not like here where you're trucking you know they're not trucking like papayas from across the country like those papayas came from some farm like two miles away from the grocery store so yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Cool. And um, super, super inexpensive. You know, like you I mean, really. That's what you always said, like you, you said, like some of the liquors are more expensive and stuff like that. Sometimes, right? Jack Daniels, Jameson, um, Johnny Walker. Those are really popular. They're really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, comparatively, though, like here, they're like basically the same amount as here a lot of times, right? Oh yeah, like but that's a few dollars more, maybe or so over there or something. Yeah, three or four dollars more. Yeah. But that's the thing is that that's a lot of money over there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna spend an entire day's like here you'd be hard pressed if you had to eat out three times, you'd be hard pressed to eat out three times for forty dollars and have three satisfying meals. Right. You're gonna pay forty dollars for a fifth of Jameson, whereas that much money you could eat like extravagantly three times mm-hmm. in Thailand, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. Um Okay. Um I'll ask him more if I think of them down the road. Um, but yeah, I mean it was like it's um I think the food there is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of pork they're really into pork and chicken. Um, the only thing that I do not like is chicken feet. Like, I just can't do it. I don't understand the purpose. Like, they're, like, just, like, I mean, how are they cooked? Or like... uh, They're steamed, I guess. They they steam chicken a lot. Yeah. Um, Which steamed, like, chicken breast is fucking amazing. Uh, it's so good. But. The chicken feet, like, I just don't find them to be that appealing. And you don't really get much meat off of them. Like, it's a lot of work to eat it, and you're not really getting much <laughs> Yeah, like for your effort. 
So, yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, no, no use working that hard for your food today. Yeah, it's true. Um, and they have a lot. They put a lot of bone in stuff, so you get surprised by like, pig, like knuckles and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I wasn't a big. I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah. Anything um, else you're not a fan of? Yeah, bamboo shoots. Um, I can't remember what the dish is called, but they pickle the bamboo shoots, and it smells like the devil's asshole. Like it is not a good you, you smell. Didn't that to me before, yeah. So even though it 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 tastes good, like if you can like just breathe out your nose and then like eat, like it's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but there's so many other things that I feel taste so much better. Um, do they, like do they recognize that? it smells bad or is it just something that oh no they know it smells bad oh okay. they just they don't care okay they're used to i mean like how would you ever discover that durian tastes good if you're not willing to eat something that smells like a fucking open sewer so (laughs) right right (laughs) but it's delicious man i mean i would if, if you ever have the chance to eat durian and you'd really have to go to thailand i think to have that chance um it's definitely worth eating like it's super good All right. Well, we'll be back next week with um, uh, Ninja Attack Seven: Ruthless Aggression. Uh, <sighs> so, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Deuces.